Dear God, bless this reading of your word and our understanding of it, and help us to receive grace and strength by your word. May us know your son better and love him more dearly and follow him and put all our faith in him as our good shepherd who saves us. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so as we're looking at John chapter 10, 1 through 18, uh, which is familiarly known as uh, where Jesus teaches that he is the good shepherd. And it's an important scripture because you need a good shepherd. You need this good shepherd. I need this good shepherd. You need a good shepherd who will deliver you from the thieves and the wolves who would destroy your soul. And you need the good shepherd who will lead you into the abundant life with God. And before we read these verses, though, there's two backgrounds that are very important, that are very helpful to understanding this scripture. And these backgrounds are Old Testament prophecy and then the historical setting that Jesus spoke on that day that he spoke. So the first, the, the prophecy, this is from Ezekiel 34, and he prophecies about false shepherds and how God will save his sheep by sending one true shepherd. And we read the middle of that chapter in our scripture reading earlier. I'm going to read the beginning of that chapter about the false shepherd, about the false shepherds. Verses 2 through 4. Thus says the Lord God. Ah, that, the ah is in there. That's that scripture. Ah, <laughs> shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves. Should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat. You clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fat ones. But you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. And then verse 10, thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my sheep at their hand and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. And then earlier we read that the middle of that chapter was with that wonderful description of how God will personally rescue and deliver and gather his lost sheep from all over and bring them into safe pasture. And the climax of that rescue is in verses 22 and 23. I will rescue my flock. They shall no longer be a prey and I will judge between sheep and sheep, and I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd, and I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David shall be prince among them. I am the Lord. I have spoken. And if you've been watching the TV series, The Mandalorian, you might recognize that phrase, I have spoken. And uh, it's just when God, did, God said it first. Just want to point that out. <laughs> um, and it's important to note here that the prophet Jeremiah, he is prophesying hundreds of years after King David has died. So it is not the person, David, that he's referring to. He is foretelling that a descendant of David will be God's one shepherd. 
And Jesus is that descendant. He is the one shepherd sent by God to deliver and gather God's flock. And now the historical setting of John chapter 10 on that day. There's the, the previous chapters 7 through 9 tell us what was happening. He was, Jesus was in Jerusalem for the festival of booths. And day by day he was preaching in the temple um, Sometimes with angry results, as angry people threw him out. Um, and then in chapter 9, Jesus healed a man born blind, blind since birth. But it's a special note in that event in chapter 9, the man who was healed was also given spiritual sight to recognize Jesus was his Messiah. Jesus was the Messiah sent by God. And so in summary, a lost sheep has been rescued, both physically and spiritually. And that the Pharisees in that situation were spiritually blind. They could not see that Jesus is the shepherd sent by God, and nor could they see that they were the false shepherds from Ezekiel 34. Even as, as they harshly reject the healed blind man, that's what that happened. At the end of chapter 9, they kick him out of the synagogue for giving credit to Jesus for healing him. So they rule him harshly. And he's a blind man that they had abandoned, just like the, the, bad, the false shepherds in Ezekiel 34 abandoned their sheep and did not take care of them. But Jesus, the good shepherd, had rescued this blind man. So the Pharisees cannot see that they themselves, they are the false shepherds. And so Jesus <clears throat> taught them about the good shepherd. And we're going to pick up our reading here at the end of chapter 9, starting verse 39. I'm going to read through verse of chapter 10, verse 6. Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Jesus said to them, if you were, oh, so some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, are we also blind? Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say, we see, your guilt remains. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Jesus meant for each person to see themselves in this teaching, the Pharisees, everyone, and more importantly, to see Jesus in this saying. And there, the, the teaching gives us lots of questions, right? What is the door? Who are the thieves? Who are the sheep? 
who is this shepherd. And the sheep are God's people. Would have been the crowd of people on that day. And the Pharisees, they thought they were the shepherds. But in truth, they were blind, as we already talked about. And Jesus began by calling out the thieves. And this is, this is what a good shepherd does. He points out the dangers. He tells the sheep. He warns them. Here's the dangers. Here's the false teachers. And Jesus also shows who the true shepherd is. And he said, points out the good shepherd comes legitimately. The gatekeeper knows him and opens the gate. And we see this in Jesus. Jesus came in fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. God the Father sent him, and God the Father opened the gate for him. And the sheep hear his voice. When they hear his voice, they know, this is the one, this is the good shepherd, the one I've been, the heart and soul has been waiting for. And we love Jesus interaction with them. He calls them one by one. Some translations say he calls them by name. That's how Jesus deals with you. He calls you one by one by name. And his voice, the call of his voice awakens their hearts so that they know it's him and they answer him. Have you heard his voice? Do you know he is your good shepherd who leads you into good pastures. He is still calling today. He calls through his word in Holy Scripture, his words to you. And when he calls you, his spirit awakens your heart so that you know he is your good shepherd and you answer him as one of his sheep and you follow him. And he's calling you to be his sheep so that he can lead you to the abundant life with God. And it says Jesus leads out his sheep. He delivers them from the thieves to go and find pasture. And when he has brought out all the sheep that will follow him, then he goes before them. He leads the way. He shows them the way to go and how to walk it. And the sheep, they follow where he leads because they know his voice. They love and trust him. In that voice, they hear his love, his wisdom, his authority, his good will for them. And so, of course, they follow him. But it says, a stranger's voice they will not follow. When someone teaches them something that they know is contrary to their good shepherd, they turn away. And the better you know the voice of Jesus in his word, Holy Scripture, then the better you will recognize false teaching. And when you recognize that, turn away from it and follow Jesus as close as you can. And then we're going to look at verses 7 through 10. And Jesus taught here what it means that he is the door. He, he develops and expands his teaching here. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. For the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out 
and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus is our entrance into good pasture. Many false prophets came before Jesus, but those who were God's children by faith did not listen to them. God's children were waiting for the true shepherd Jesus had, God had promised them in the prophets. And those who enter by Jesus will be saved, and they will be safe. They will live safe and free. That's the going in and coming out. That's, that's two extremes of action to summarize a total. So their total living and moving in action will be free and safe. And they will find all that they need. They will have good pasture, everything they need to thrive and be well. And to be saved means to be delivered out of danger and placed in a new condition of safety. And it is Jesus. He is that door to that safety, and he is that salvation and safety. Jesus is the door to God, the Father, who is the source of all life and blessing. And when we enter through Jesus by faith in him, then we have communion with, with God. We have that union and relationship with God, and we have blessing from him. When we look at verse 10, we have the thief. And the thief is the devil who seeks to steal your joy, slaughter you for his own gain, and destroy you forever. But that's not... That's not abstract in a, in a spiritual unseen cloud there. He, he has many people act as his instruments. And they also are thieves. Because if, if the shoe fits, it belongs. So if, if someone is seeking to steal from others, to ruin them for their own gain and, or destroy them, then that person is the thief. But Jesus came that we may have abundant life. Do you believe that Jesus is the one who brings abundant life to you? Here is God's promise to you in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Speaking of Jesus, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. All things. He has granted them to us through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. In this world, you and I will regularly find ourselves in need but if you have God, you are never alone and you always have hope. God is the source of eternal life that overturns death. Psalm 23, which we read earlier, says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Jesus is not only the door for the sheep, he is also the good shepherd 
who finds the lost sheep, gathers them, and feeds them. Verses 11 through 16. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming, and he leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. Jesus is more than just a shepherd who is good. He is the supreme shepherd. He is the one who defines for all what it means to be a shepherd and what it means to be good. And what makes him so good is that he lays down his life for the sheep. Now, as I shared in the, the children's message, at first this seems odd. I mean, a, a shepherd protects his sheep by killing the lions and the wolves and the bears. If, if he lays down his life and gets killed by them, I mean, we might call that noble, but ultimately it would be unsuccessful for the sheep because it would leave the sheep defenseless. Unless, unless, Somehow he is substituting himself for the sheep, unless somehow he can still protect the sheep after his death. And that is precisely what Jesus does by his death and resurrection. He lays down his life in order to take it up again. And as I shared earlier, it's as if that, that lion has one of those sheep in its mouth, and the shepherd comes up to him and says, hey, if you, if you let that sheep go, you can eat me. Come on, I'm, I'm much tastier. And the, and the lion is probably thinking, you know, what a moron. After I kill you, I'm just going to eat all the other sheep too. Ha ha. Right? But much to the lion's surprise, he lets the sheep go free. He kills the shepherd. And then to his surprise, the shepherd rises from the dead and now cannot be harmed by the lion in any way. And the shepherd drives the lion away for good. He can remain forever with the sheep, protecting them always from the lion. And in this way, Jesus is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep, substituting for them that they may be free and taking his life back up so that he can guard them and be with them forever. And this shows us also the love of Jesus. He loved those sheep. The good shepherd loved each of those sheep so much that he laid down his life for even one of them, to release even one from the lion. And Jesus loves you this much. You are that lost sheep that was freed from the jaws of sin and death because Jesus took your place. The verses say, a hireling does not do this. He does not love the sheep, and when danger comes, he runs away. And these hirelings proved by their actions that at, 
Their hearts were mercenary. They had mercenary hearts. And this was a warning back then to the Pharisees. And it's a warning today to pastors and any who would teach God's word and teach about God. Everyone needs true shepherds in their lives. And these are pastors, elders, mentors, mature believers who show you God and who stand by you in your troubles. They point you to the true good shepherd, Jesus, and they act like him. Now, sometimes they also disappoint us. We know this is true. Our, our earthly shepherds are only human. <laughs> We're not perfect, and we do disappoint sometimes. And sometimes wolves do come in and scatter the flock. And that's why Scripture continually warns us to look out for wolves in sheep's clothing. And the wolves come in, and they, and they scatter the flock. And, and the chief wolf here, just like the thief, the chief wolf is the devil. But all on earth who act like him are also the wolf. And they come often as false teachers to divide the church, to deceive and offend and divide and scatter. And many of you can probably look on a time on your life when you felt scattered. Maybe you had no place you belonged to or no church you called home or there, or there, there were no believers who were regularly part of your life. You felt like a one sheep all by himself or herself. And you were maybe drifting along with whatever society and your community were doing. But we are not meant to wander alone. We are meant to follow our good shepherd together as a flock. And Jesus, the good shepherd, is always looking for his lost sheep. He's looking for those who have never followed him, and he looks for those who have wandered from him. And he goes out, and he finds them, and he gathers them in, and he brings them to good pasture. Jesus, as we said, he's the good shepherd because he delivers us. He delivers his sheep with his own life in order to bring them new life. And Jesus is also good, the good shepherd because he knows his sheep and his sheep know him. And we see here a relationship that is lived out in word and deed and action and truth. It's a relationship that is established by his death that delivers us. And it is the goal for which he delivered us. And we also see this is initiated for us by Jesus' relationship with God the Father. Now, on earth, we know our, our, not every father-son relationship is ideal. But when it is good, it can illustrate Jesus' relationship with the Father. So, so let's imagine here, <laughs> imagine an ideal scenario. And so let's suppose a, a son comes of age and he joins his father in the family business, family-owned business. And when he works for the family business, his attitude is he doesn't think of himself as an employee. He pursues the success of the business for the good of the whole family. He's not doing this for his own gain, but for the good of the business and the family. And he shares the father's heart and mind for the business and, and 
what it should become and how it should work. And the Father and the Son, they, they understand each other. They know each other because they share these common family traits. So it, it's a relationship marked by intimate understanding and genuine affection, unity of purpose, and a common spirit. Like I said, we're, we're imagining an ideal scenario. <laughs> um, and the son will, willingly and cheerfully, he follows the father's will because he loves the father. And because the father's heart and mind for this is, is the same as the son's. It's the, the son wants the same things that the father wants. And so unity and love in their relationship is demonstrated by action. And, it's, and it's, that action is seen in this common family enterprise. And Jesus says his relationship with the sheep is similar to his relationship of unity with the Father. The sheep willingly follow where Jesus leads because they know him. And to know him is to love him. And they know him because he is the good shepherd who has delivered them. And his mission as the good shepherd is to deliver and gather lost sheep into God's flock so that they may know him and through him know God the Father. And this mission was not only for the Jews. Jesus said he has sheep of another fold. So these, this other fold, then, this is the Gentiles who Jesus would bring to be God's children. And, and unless you're a Messianic Jew, then you and me, we are the sheep of this other fold. And just as Jewish believers would hear Jesus' voice and follow him, so too would Gentiles hear Jesus' voice and follow him. Jesus is drawing people from all nations into his one flock by his sacrificial death for us. John 12, 32 says, And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. So how do people hear Jesus' voice today? Well, after his resurrection, Jesus said to his disciples in John 20, 21 and 22, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Just as Jesus was sent in the power of the Spirit to call us sheep, Jesus sends his disciples with his word and in the power of the Spirit to call us sheep today. Jesus' mission continues today. He is still working today. And he uses sheep who have been found to call other lost sheep. And then Jesus leads them to the Father. And together we are one flock because we follow one shepherd. Jesus is our unity. And so even though we, we meet in different places, if we share, if we are, have one shepherd who has delivered us, then we are one flock in God the Father. And then Jesus closed his teaching with these words. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I might take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received 
from my Father. God the Father loves you so much that he sent Jesus to be your good shepherd. And God the Father loves Jesus for doing it willingly. No one took Jesus' life from him. He was sent with power and authority from God the Father to lay down his life and to take it up again. And the Father, as we said, the Father showed his love for you by sending his Son to save you. And when Jesus volunteered for the Father's mission, then he showed his love for God the Father and for you and me. Jesus is your good shepherd. He finds you, he comes to you, he warns you against danger, he delivers you from evil. He knows you and he calls you by name. He laid down his life for you and took his life up again to deliver you so that he can be with you forever. And he brings you into God's flock by uniting you in relationship with God the Father. And he leads you into abundant life with God the Father who is the source of all life and all blessing. All who believe in Jesus will be saved and he will lead them to abundant life. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for your son Jesus, our good shepherd, who delivers us from evil and leads us into abundant life and good pasture, who makes us true sheep of the Heavenly Father. Pray that you would strengthen our faith today by your word and spirit, call us that we may know in confidence and in full assurance you are our good shepherd who saves us. Pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.